setting the stage for March. It's a July evening in 1921. A soiree is tuning up in the elegant Berlin mansion of the Besteins, makers of Europe's most acclaimed concert piano. Outside, much of Germany is in political and economic turmoil. Communists, anarchists, and ultra-right-wing nationalists battle in the streets. The Treaty of Versailles, pegged the shameful armistice, is a rallying cry. The Versailles Treaty had ended World War I three years before. Forged largely by Britain and France, reeling from catastrophic human and material loss, the treaty exacted stiff reparations from Germany, greatly diminished its military, and fostered replacement of Kaiser Wilhelm's monarchy with Germany's first democratically elected republic, which included the Reichstag, or Parliament. The Treaty of Versailles came at a time when the tide of war was turning in favor of Britain and France, due largely to the arrival of American troops and materiel. And yet, Germany was still a powerhouse, and many of its military and industrial elite saw the armistice as an act of revenge by Britain and France, as opposed to a just peace. The political fringe groups, feeding on rampant discontent, gained in power as their ranks swelled with veterans returning from the front, bearing the stigma of defeat and unable to find work. Adolf Hitler was among those veterans. He was born in rural Austria in 1889. Before the war, he lived in Vienna and Munich in what he described as bohemian poverty. He drew ads and posters and sketched city and pastoral scenes sold in cafes and on the streets. After the war, he settled in Munich and took up with anti-communist, anti-Semitic right-wing nationalists. He became known for inflammatory speeches that drew ever bigger crowds. On that July evening in 1921, Hitler was the surprise guest at the Bestein Soiree. Though unknown outside of Munich, in a few weeks he would be chairman of the Nazi party and on his way to national fame. Hitler was brought to the Besteins by Dietrich Eckhart. Eckhart was editor-in-chief of the Volkischer Beobachter, an ultra-nationalist, virulently anti-Semitic newspaper that became the official Nazi organ. He was heavy-drinking, unstable, and flamboyant, and presented himself as a poet and playwright. Eckhart became a mentor to Hitler, influencing his views on Aryan supremacy, racial ideology, and German nationalism. He coached Hitler on social etiquette and his Austrian-accented German, and introduced him to influential friends. Hitler credited Eckhart as the, in quotes, spiritual founder of national socialism. In the final sentence of his autobiographical polemic, Mein Kampf, my struggle, Hitler said of him, he was one of the best who devoted his life to the awakening of our people. Eckhart died of a heart attack in 1923. Hitler's carefully composed and rehearsed speeches were couched in populist themes of restoring Germany's economic, military, and cultural grandeur. He spoke of delivering the, in quotes, fatherland, from the evils of the Versailles Treaty, eliminating perceived internal threats from Jews, communists, intellectuals, liberal politicians, and other, in quotes, perfidious elements, 
and restoring the purity of the Aryan race. These views found increasing acceptance in a time of extreme social and economic disruption and anxiety. The anti-Semitism espoused by Hitler had not been widely held by Germans in the early 20th century. Jews were more assimilated and less subjected to prejudice in Germany than in most other European countries. Many Jews, especially the more educated and well-off, saw themselves as Germans first and Jews second. They served with honor in the military and were distinguished in many fields. Anti-Semitism, such as it was, tended to be more pronounced in southern Germany, including Munich, which was influenced by anti-Semitism and racial theories rooted in nearby Austria. By the time Hitler wrote Mein Kampf in 1924, anti-Semitism was a centerpiece of the Nazi platform. The Nazis believed that the Jews, historically scapegoats for all manner of troubles in Europe, were an, in quotes, alien race among Germany's Aryan or Nordic master race. In Nazi propaganda, the Jews were sympathetic to the Allies and Communist Russia during the war and had manipulated and profited from Germany's surrender. The Bestein Soiree is of significant historical consequence. It marked Hitler's introduction to Germany's economic elite. The Bechsteins and the many powerful associates they connected to Hitler played a pivotal role as benefactors in his climb to dictatorship. To quote research by the German Historical Museum, Hitler was embraced early on by the elite. The wives of entrepreneurs vied to be the first to drag Hitler to a social event. As it turned out, Hitler was able to implement his military and extermination objectives because the economic elites were willing to carry out his war. End of quote. The Bechstein link to Hitler became personal. He was a frequent guest at their country residence near Berchtesgaden, where he built his mountaintop retreat. Helena Bechstein, the family matriarch, was especially enamored of him. For years, she sought to bring Hitler together in marriage with Lotte Bechstein, her daughter. That Hitler attended the Bechstein soiree is in the historical record. History does not, however, tell us what happened that night. And so, dear listener, the stage is set for March. <laughs>